For GateWorld.net, I'm David Reed. And I'm Ben Browder. Yes, and we are here, what beach are we at? Uh, that would be Santa Monica Beach. Very cool. We're on Ocean, Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica. What's up with you lately? You know, it's almost Christmas time professionally. What's going on with you? Well, Christmas is going on, so there's there's shopping to be done. There's yeah. the tree to be put up. Yeah. And uh, just came out of coaching football season, and we'll start track season soon enough. And then looking for work. Wow. Yeah. Um, going Homer. You know, that's yep. the that's the project that you've penned, I believe. Uh, going Homer is a project that uh, has been commissioned by Sci-Fi Channel that uh, we sold to them, and we're we're still at the we're still at the story stage. We're in what's mm-hmm. called. Uh, I think development hell was the phrase someone else used, but what we're mm-hmm. doing is we're refining the story before we go to script. Okay. Did it encounter any complications with the writer's strike? Yes. Well, oh. the writer's strike shut us down for a while. We received notes from the network about two weeks before the strike happened. And once the strike happened, it's pens down, and then we yeah. pick it back up after the strike. And So we're going through phases of drafting and redrafting the outline and the story, which is a, in itself a 40-page document. Wow. Now, did you have to participate in that strike, or because you're an actor as well? How did that work out? Uh, I'm a member of the WGA, so I participated in the strike. Okay. Can you give us an idea of... uh, I know some people already know the the premise of of this this miniseries. Yeah, what... what, Can you sum it up for us? Going Homer is uh, about a 12-year-old boy named Homer Jones Uh and his family. And uh, Homer sees the Greek myths unfolding in the world around him. It's basically the Iliad and the Odyssey clashing with the modern world. Cool. What gave you the idea to to do this project? This is the next thing that I want to do. What sparked that? Uh, one of my kids was interested in the Greek myths. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it's an area which, which we constantly recycle. In American yeah. culture, we recycle the Greek myths. We recycle the, the forms of government. We recycle the, the architecture. So it surrounds us and it informs our culture. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, it seemed like a fertile storytelling area. Were you a fan of the myths when you were younger? Or was this something that oh, you yeah. encountered well, when you were older? You know, when I was growing up, you tried to catch a Ray Harryhausen on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, at least in, you know, in, the, in the very beginning. And mm-hmm. look, the Greek myths also informed uh, the Christian myths mm-hmm. or the Christian stories that are told. There's a, there's there's a great deal of cross fertilization culturally between between all of those cultures in the, in the Mediterranean and, and in all of Western culture. So mm-hmm. I don't know that you can be an American and not be interested in Greek myth. Mm-hmm. Do you want what it what is it that you want to do with this project? Do you want to inform people about the about these stories or I you know tell a tell, good story? Just tell a good story. I want to tell a good story. Okay, that's all. That's great. Cool. When so we so you don't know when we can expect that. No. All no, right. we're 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 in development. So that means that we keep working and refining until until we produce the script that uh, it is agreed upon, and and then at that point try to go to go to go to shoot and go to air. Sweet. It's a process. Yeah. You know, I never asked you how you first started in this business. Um. What did you want to be when you were very young? How did you get to where you are now? I went through a typical number of phases. I was going to be a professional football player. I was yeah. going to be an astronaut. I was going to be a pilot. I was going to be a doctor. I was never going to be a lawyer. 
<laughs> this is probably why I don't play them on TV. <laughs> uh, so, you know, growing up in North Carolina, acting uh -huh. was not a was not a career choice. I never knew anyone who made a living as an actor. I never mm -hmm. knew anyone who went out to do it. It was only late in the day. I was graduating college before I decided to, to try to become a professional actor. How did you find your way to Europe? You know, what? I auditioned for an English drama school. I actually auditioned for three English drama schools. Okay. In New York. First time I went to New York City. Uh-huh. Stood around looking at the buildings. Yeah, country boys, we, you know, we look at New York City. Well, this is foreign territory. <laughs> I, I stepped off the bus at the Port Authority back when the Port Authority was probably the seediest place in the universe. And I uh, had a guy offer to help me with my bags and, and really didn't know to say no. Uh, and then stepped out on 42nd Street when every other person asked you if you wanted to buy something. And what they were selling was uh, either a service of an illegal nature or a substance of an illegal nature. So I, was, I was struck by the city. I went and stayed at the YMCA. Mm. At the YMCA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. There I was at the YMCA in New York in audition for the English drama schools. I got into a couple of them. Ended up going to Central School of Speech and Drama, and that's how I ended up in London. What would you have done had you not got that audition? I what do you think you would have? Where, where do you think you would have turned next? I don't know. I probably would have looked at uh, some of the American acting training programs. Okay. But uh, I don't know. Okay. Hello. What's oh, yeah, we got pigeons too. Loud pigeons, <laughs> healthy Santa Monica pigeons. <laughs> Farscape webisodes. Uh, now, I personally, not being a particularly a Farscape fan, I don't know much about this. But apparently, uh, you were um, in talks to be involved in, in some some type of webisodes for Farscape. They're still developing the webisodes for Farscape. Okay. Yeah. So, are you going? Are you still open to being? A part of them when they do come out to. Hopefully, I'll be involved. With them, yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. When was the last time you heard updates on that? Any, uh, any info that you can share? Discussion that I had about the webisodes, maybe two months ago. Oh, okay. A month and a half. Okay. So it's not dead then. No. Cool. That's good. All right. What first got you involved in, in Farscape? I mean, Farscape was being shot in Australia. Were you in Europe when when you auditioned for that role, no, or did someone tap you? Okay. Oh, you did? You mean tap, like tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, here's a job. Exactly. No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I auditioned like a couple hundred other guys. Wow. You know. In fact, I was talking to Nathan Fillion about it down at Comic-Con, and he had auditioned for the, for the same thing. He'd auditioned for Crichton, too? Yeah, he'd auditioned for Crichton as well. <laughs> I was saying, how come everything I go out for, you get? And he goes, I auditioned for Farscape. Said, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> there you go. The one that got away from Nathan. Did you audition for Firefly? No, I was working on Farscape. In yeah. Australia. Okay. Okay, cool. But Nathan was great at that. Oh, I, I it's a fabulous could, show. I don't think anybody could do it any better. Nah. And isn't that such a shame that, you know, all, all these things come into play, but, you know, it's not necessarily the, the great television shows that survive. It's, it's not a meritocracy. Yeah, it's just business. I, I suppose so. Is there, I mean, you, you're a writer, you know, you're not, you're not just an actor. Is there... Do you find yourself frustrated with this business, or do you actually do you actually enjoy all the all the the, the you know the, the hoops that you have to go through to get a to get a product on air? Yeah, I couldn't say that I enjoy all the hoops, but it is what it is. You make peace with that as you go through. To, to be frustrated by it is is silly because you would drive yourself spare. Mm -hmm. So um, you know, 
<laughs> I don't have to be happy with it on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. There, there are certainly days which are frustrating, mm-hmm. but everybody has those frustrations. It doesn't matter what job you're in. Most people don't have this incredible linear journey. Yeah, uh, exactly. Which is on an upward slope for their whole life. It's, the economy does it. Life does it. You, mm-hmm. It's just part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would choose anything else. Has the economy impacted um, going homers production at all? What do you? I have no idea. Oh, okay. I have no idea whether the economy has impacted that or not. Okay. Uh, I think the economy impacts everything at a certain yeah. point. The ebb and flow of money, the cycles of business, yeah. it's an unavoidable part of our world. What do you think about that, all that's going on right now? It's a big all topic issue. On, we would be getting into politics, and I probably shouldn't be going that way. I, I think that um, we're at an, at an inevitable phase. Yeah to a certain degree I'm, I'm surprised that everyone's so surprised at, at the stage that we're at right now mm-hmm. but you know, you know I talk to people who haven't seen anything like this in their lives but mm-hmm. you know my grandparents grew up in the depression and, and I'm not saying we're anywhere near that level because we're not mm-hmm. but they, you know systems work until they don't and you have to figure it out again so we have to recreate mm-hmm for ourselves in the meanwhile you just keep on ticking with your own projects and do what you do come what may yeah. do what you do and hope for the best and yeah realize that life isn't life isn't contained uh, simply by the world as it sits at that moment mm-hmm. the sun still came up today it's a beautiful day yeah exactly yeah, we could have tried to be here two days it could have been raining yeah <laughs> <laughs> how often do you find yourself getting recognized on the street for uh, the various roles that you've done, and uh, which frequently comes up more. Not all that often. Really? Okay. Do you find that frustrating that you get recognized? or I mean, you, you, you yourself said, you know, you, you got into this industry because you like the business, you know? I, You're not I necessarily... Like the, it's not the business. Okay. I like, I like acting. I like the storytelling. Yeah. I like... That's I like, what I meant. I like I'm sorry. craft. The, right. The, the business is often a separate thing altogether. But you didn't get into it to get your to to have people stop you on the side of the street and say, "Oh, you're so good in that." You know, that's that's not. It, it never occurred to me that anyone would ever stop me on the street in an airport or uh, in the bathroom mm-hmm. at all because of something that I'd done acting. Mm-hmm. And you, I remember you said um, it took a while for you to even get used to signing an autograph. Yeah. You know. I, I still I still internally flinch when someone asks for an autograph because. It doesn't connect. I go, why? Why would you want an autograph? Right. Right. Who am I? I understand. Look, I understand wanting someone else's autograph. I just mm-hmm. don't understand anyone wanting mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, you know. Did you say, well, you know, maybe I'll give it to them because in the end, it'll just, it'll make them happier anyway. I'd rather them leave happy than be frustrated that, that I didn't give it to them. Or... You, you, you sign an autograph because... It, they want one and it mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't cost you anything unless you're running right. to catch a plane <laughs> exactly yeah. or, or you're trying to eat your dinner or something it, you know it's it, look at, m- most people who've ever asked me for an autograph have, have been incredibly nice mm-hmm. and generous it's hard to imagine saying no mm-hmm. how long have you been in this industry now 25 years how long have I been in in how long have I been in in Hollywood yeah I arrived in Hollywood in 1990, so 18 years here. Uh, 
been a member of Screen Actors Guild since 1986. Wow. So 22, 23 years. What would you change about when you came in? Obviously, you're mature now. You're well, you now, are mature. As opposed to last as, no, no, you're you're more mature than. Woo. I'm more mature than I was, and I got up this morning. Apparently, <laughs> well, you're more mature than when you than when you stepped into L.A. Um, I'm older. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that equates with mature. I am older. Is there anything that you would have changed when you first came in, for, according to what you know now, about like things that you took for granted, you know, in your life, or things that you took for granted about the job? No, I don't think so. Okay. I, it, you know, I. I'm not uh, gifted with gifted with clairvoyance. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And, and judging what you would do differently, the things that I think I would do different in my life are things where where I have a regret about how I have acted. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in regards to my business life that I have a regret about how I've acted okay. or how I've conducted myself with other people. At least not off the top of my head. I sat down and tortured myself about it or really thought. But to a certain degree, you know, there's a funny thing that happens when you have kids is that you forget stuff. I I can't really remember what it was like before I had kids. To a certain degree, I don't remember what it was like when they were small. Uh, You know, life life propels you forward and sometimes it's hard to keep track of it all. Then you have a revelation, oh, I remember when I did that, oh. Yeah, I see, I'd have to think about it and I'm sure I could come up with a laundry list of regrets. (laughs) But, you know, most days I wake up and I'm pretty happy with where I am and who I'm with. And right. What's, what's the complaint about? Exactly. You know, I mean, but do you, do you consider yourself successful? I are consider you, myself lucky. Lucky? Yeah. yeah. Are, you at, are, are you at the point in your life where you want to be? Yeah. I wouldn't change places with anyone. Good. That's great. Well, I just, I just wouldn't. Right. You know, which thread? Which thread mm-hmm. are you going to pull from the tapestry of your life to, to watch it fall apart? Mm-hmm. No, I, I like my life. I'm, you know, I love my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wake up and I'm here, and it's and it's beautiful. You can't can't have everything. Right, not all at once, certainly. Well, no, you know, and it's the, the typical thing. You know, you want to be working, but when I'm working, say I'm working in Vancouver, even when I was working on Farscape, and, and I was living at home with my family, when I was working. On Stargate, I was away from my family. The number of things that I missed. So yes, I want to be working, but I know once I'm working, I'm going to miss something else. There's always a trade-off in, mm-hmm. in, in everything you do in life. Mm-hmm. You can't be in all places. Really, you know, if they if they could clone me and we could just <laughs> six or seven of me running around, there's a lot of things that I would love to do with my life. But I wouldn't trade where I am right yeah. now for those other six or seven things. Right. You've always said the most important um, job in your life is uh, is being a parent. Do you see more of yourself in them as they get older? Hmm. As they get older? Uh, I don't know if I see more of myself in them. Uh, well, maybe I just am incapable of seeing myself. I, I see aspects of members of my family. I, yeah. I certainly see aspects of my, of my wife in them, but not being a terribly introspective individual. I don't spend a lot of time examining myself. At least, try not to. Smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
You, you go to the dermatologist, he does the inspection for you. I got this little mole back here, we want to take it off. Really? But that's part of me. Yeah, we don't like it. <laughs> Why? Well, it just looks suspicious. You got other people to pick you apart. But if I want to be picked apart, I can go on the internet. Oh, no kidding. Exactly. <laughs> I, can find out. I can find out where my, my shortcomings are. Or I could just talk to, you know, someone who knows me well enough. To, mm-hmm. What do I need to fix? They'll have suggestions. <laughs> self self uh, examination, introspection, not necessary. I got lots of external input. <laughs> David, you want to fix yourself? Talk to your parents. They'll have lots of ideas. What you need to do is this. Okay. For sure. I'm taking all it all right. on board. <laughs> Send me an email. How to be a better interviewer. Ben, you really should just focus in. <laughs> Look into the lens a little more. Talk to me, Ben. Connect with the audience just a little more. Okay, got it. Good. I'm focusing. No blinking. <laughs> so, continuum. Why did he have his hat on backwards? You so couldn't see his face. Yeah, we couldn't see his face, so he put his hat on backwards. Why is he wearing Canucks? Is that like a Michael Shanks thing going on? It's an homage to Michael Shanks. That's what it is. Trying to confuse the audience. Quick, give him some glasses. <laughs> okay. Point taken. Cool. Have you ever thought of a comic routine? <laughs> it's all scripted. <laughs> but Continuum, Stargate Continuum came out um, late July this year around Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. We saw each other on the Midway. Got to see <laughs> yeah, the movie a, again. It's like a date. <laughs> you, me, and a few thousand people on the Midway together. It's romantic. I always go to an aircraft carrier when I want a romantic in the evening out. <laughs> it would have been a good first date, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it have been good? You know, hey, you like, go if to you want to impress carrier? a girl, like, you want to go to an aircraft carrier and watch a movie? You know, they have proms on the Midway. You know, they used to have, uh, we could drive our car out there. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in this F4, we're going to pull it up, watch real close. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but you went that to the... That would impress a girl, trust yeah, me on that I one. think so that next would. Next time you go to an aircraft carrier for a premiere of a movie, take a date. That's exactly right. Hey, look, I know Richard Dean Anderson! <laughs> Come over here. I want to Come here and talk to me. David, how are you? Good to see you. Wow. <laughs> so what are you doing tomorrow night? <laughs> you went to the Arctic. Yeah. Now, I know you've talked about this 100,000 times. Yeah. I'd like to make it 100,001 because we've never specifically talked to you about it. Yeah, the Arctic Ad Nauseam by Ben Browning. Just what? one more time. I have a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> you I do. You really do? I have a PowerPoint presentation. I taught uh, a science class. Seventh grade science class uh, at middle school, and gave a talk about the Arctic, my wow. experience in the Arctic. So I have a PowerPoint. Oh, we don't. I should have brought it along with me. Visual, visual I'd love ladies. to see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the kids liked it. Should I have mentioned that? I don't know. The favorite bit. The favorite bit. The favorite part that the kids always love is is the bit about going to the bathroom in the Arctic. Oh, Rick. Yeah, Rick really made that very clear for us Isn't at Comic Con. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't that at Comic Con? Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it was it was an experience, you know. Thirty five below is is an experience for for going to the loop. Jeez. For sure. So when they offered this to you, I I know a couple of the cast who will go unnamed at this point <clears throat> said, uh, "No, you won't catch me there." Look, the Arctic is not for everybody. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Did you Although did you know first, you were gonna love it no, at the my, first thing? No, my first day there. Uh huh. You know, when you step outside and you go, I could die right now. Yeah. I just have to make it to the mess hall. 
and you hunker down against the wind and make your way to another warm spot. Um, I was concerned the first day. I thought, what am I doing here? But concerned for yourself, like if, whether, you, whether or not you could get through it, or concerned for the people around you? No, I was concerned for me, I think. Okay. I thought I was going to wig out or something. Yeah. It's just an, it's just an assault on the senses. Yeah. It, it's something entirely different. You realize it's dangerous. It's a hostile you environment. S- you suddenly are dependent upon all of the people around you. You realize mm-hmm. that you don't really know how to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You haven't learned to triangulate with with you know a, a negative fifty mile an hour wind. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> the simple things. I have to go chip ice out of this chunk of frozen ice I'm standing on and I don't know how deep the ice is and below me is 3,000 meters of sub-freezing water and there's polar bears if I go yeah. to the bathroom I need to take a light for the polar bear it, it, yeah. it, it's overwhelming when you first arrive by the third day it, it's your world there's no contact with the outside world it's just you and those people doing what you do out on the ice and by the time you leave you, you don't want to leave you feel like you've abandoned your your family or something. Mm-hmm. It was really quite a remarkable experience. It was stunningly beautiful. Uh, it was uh, it was really quite phenomenal. You went up there to shoot Continuum. Did anything else? Yeah, we didn't. We didn't shoot it there. We, <laughs> we did it all back on the soundstage. <laughs> well, I mean, did anything else come about for you personally that, that you went up there? Did you learn anything that you didn't expect to, or did you meet some people, some really cool people that you're saying, "Hey, I, well, wow, I, I had an experience that will never be replicated." For me in my lifetime. Until Continuum 2. Yeah, until, you know, whatever the next thing is. <laughs> no, it's, it's such a rare opportunity to do something like that. Yeah. How, 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 do you, how do you qualify it? How do you quantify it? How do, how do you express something which is, that shifts your entire perspective? Uh-huh. You can say, oh yeah, well I learned that polar bears are dangerous. <laughs> well, I knew that already. You know, I... I, I I learned that, you know, you can, your hand can freeze to a piece of metal, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, you get burns when you grab the metal. But when you experience something, it's different from knowing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, for me, it's more of an experience that mm-hmm. lives somewhere in this gray matter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in the circulatory system. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be sitting outside in negative 40 degree when you watch the footage. You know, no, the, that was one of the things when you watched it, the, the the footage from a personal perspective does not do justice to the environment mm-hmm. or to the experience. Sometimes when you watch something you've done, you know, the magic of Hollywood exceeds your personal experience. This was one of those occasions where the personal experience far exceeds the actual footage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, you know, it was a gift. Mm-hmm. Great. Um... I, I, I've talked with a, a few people over the years, big Farscape fans, you know, a lot of Farscape fans in Stargate. Um, and they say, you know, I liked Crit- I liked Crichton more than Mitchell. Crichton, Crichton was psychotic, you know, he was nuts. And M- Mitchell was the, the straight guy, yes sir, no sir, you know. I, I mean, Crichton offered you, like, a great deal of acting range. Yeah. You know, he... You never, you never knew what you were going to go into. I imagine when when the next script came in, what what no, he could do. You know, I had no idea. was that? I want to phrase this very correctly. You know, this is I don't I don't want it to sound like Mitchell sucked or anything because because Mitchell didn't suck. I, I enjoyed the character. You know, but Mitchell, you know, Crichton all 
and I said this to you a long time ago. Crichton had his heart to go on. Yes. You know, he was he was an astronaut, and Mitchell was a military guy. Yeah, Mitchell. Did, Mitchell is more restrained than Crichton. Crichton's on the ragged edge all the time. He's literally going insane uh-huh. through the process of the series. Yeah. Uh, that you know, Mitchell's Mitchell's focus was on his job and and mm-hmm. on the fun of his job. Mm-hmm. But. Crichton's focus was on survival mm-hmm. and on the creation of a family. Mm-hmm. So, so that you know, the, the the emotional stakes for Crichton are, are higher mm-hmm. than they are for Mitchell. And, and quite frankly, Crichton was the center of a series. Yes, exactly. And you were, and Mitchell was an ensemble. Yeah, yeah, Crichton was. You know, everything began and ended with Crichton on Farscape mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was there wasn't an episode that I wasn't in, whereas. Everyone else on the series would miss at least one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it was it was the beginning and the end of the story. It was Crichton's story, mm-hmm. whereas Stargate is the story of the gate and of the team. And members of the team obviously can change over time. Yeah, not always for the better, but not always for the worse. Yeah. And it, you know, the, it's Mitchell's place in that story is much smaller than Crichton's place in the story of Farscape. Right. Exactly. First game was all about the leather. <laughs> Showing off. The leather, the bondage, the torture. <laughs> the scorpion. Yeah, that was his partner in crime. <laughs> yeah, you know, and look, they're just, they're completely different kinds mm-hmm. of beasts. Would you find yourself befriending someone like Mitchell, or, or would you find yourself being attracted more to Crichton if you guys were buddies? I think Mitchell would be a better friend. Right. Crichton was too messed up. <laughs> Crichton got to the point where he probably would have shot you before he talked to you. He, yeah, he, you know. Well, considering the stuff he went through, or done something to get you into horrible trouble. Yeah, you know, he was going to make the mistake that was going to cause havoc for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the the liking and disliking of the characters is that's an external viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Kind of liked Mitchell. I didn't mind that he wasn't crazy. It was kind of nice not to play crazy. Mm-hmm. It's actually exhausting playing crazy for three and a half years. So dynamic and... Well, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun, but it's not... Um, I don't know if it's the only thing you want to do in your whole life as an actor. Mitchell had different kinds of different kinds of challenges. Mm-hmm. And also, at the end of the day, you work within the context of the script and the story and what is needed for the story. So... Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not sufficiently distant, really, for me to want to judge the success of, of the characters. Mm-hmm. That's for the audience. And it always will be for the audience mm-hmm. to judge. Some you're, people will like it and some people will hate it. You're just playing your part. You know, it's up to someone else to you're, say, you know, I like it or I don't. And they will. And, and even, if it was, even if it was dead often, yeah. somebody might like it. My mother yeah. might. I, Again, she won't. My mother will tell me, I didn't really like that. Okay. Other people love it. My mother hated it. What are you going to do? Who are you trying to please? Your mom? The general audience? I don't know. You, I, yeah. I'm just trying to play the role. Yeah. Sure. If you had to focus on one thing, would you rather focus on writing or acting? What do you, what do you find most gives you... What do you find gives you, the, gives you the most challenge? Well, I'm not faced with that choice of focusing on either one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would depend on 
what you're writing. It would depend on mm -hmm. what you're acting. You know, mm -hmm. not all acting jobs are fulfilling as the one that's coming or the one that was behind. Mm -hmm. Not all writing jobs are necessarily fulfilling. So, and I'm not faced with that choice, so mm -hmm. I don't have to make the choice and I don't have to answer the question. It's okay. Well, until they kick me out of Screen Actors Guild or the WGA, I'm, I can choose. As long as I can get an acting job. Yeah. <laughs> Writing I could do in the, in, you know, the dark of my room, but then I have to torture myself with, oh, I don't have any good ideas. Mm -hmm. I don't know how this scene works. They just don't get it. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> well, you do hear that. They just didn't get it. How could, you know. Beautiful. What does that mean? They didn't get it. <laughs> Maybe I just sucked. <laughs> Never. That, that, that's entirely possible. Nah, you don't suck. You know, you, you, you know, you're you're a, a working guy. You know, who, who puts his pants on like everyone else does. Gets up, goes and does <laughs> no, a job. Yeah. Except, I saw a commercial where some guys were doing it a different way. <laughs> yeah, I get up in the morning, I climb up on a bunk bed, and I jump into my pants. <laughs> Both <laughs> legs at one time. It's like Wallace and Gromit. That's right. Basically, I'm, that's what I do. I go for some cheese. <laughs> Everyone knows the Mosveda cheese. Very cool. Well, Ben, you know, um, they're writing a... a Brad, Brad is working on a third Stargate film. Oh, you have insight? You know what's going on? A little, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh, great. Just, you know, rewind the whole... <laughs> yeah, I can't pull the tape out of this thing. This one was... It's a hard drive. Yeah. Are you? Are you? Hard drives are susceptible to magnetism, though, right? Oh, I know. As soon as I, I'm done with this, magnet. I put it in my laptop. Jeez. Acme magnet. Don't, please. The Acme magnet. That's the one you need. <laughs> you tell me, or. So if Stargate says come back, yeah. are you open to coming back? Yeah, of course. Great. Sweet. Course. It's and a great, it's a great experience. And until then, you're parenting and writing and going out for. Are you? Are you actively auditioning right oh, yeah. now? Okay. Yeah. Anything that you, you say, oh, I would really like that, you know, no, without usually, being too specific? No, usually it's the stuff that other people get. Yeah. You know, I go, ooh, why didn't I get that? Yeah. Um, no, I'm just looking for work. I'm, okay. I'm on, the, I'm on the, the treadmill. Okay. But at least I'm on the treadmill. I can title this interview Actor for Hire if you'd like. <laughs> you got to send it to the right people. <laughs> Make me look good. Edit me down. Well, he's really intelligent. A lot of range. Very, very handsome. Send you the footage that you Yeah, just squeeze it down, and he's thin, too. <laughs> What's with the Canucks thing? Did we see Michael Shanks with that on his head? Take out the whole thing about being in the art too. Well, everyone's heard that. That's not going to surprise anybody. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know that I say anything surprising. Um. <laughs> I've heard it all before. <laughs> when you read scripts, um... You know, I mean, it, it, it is a job. But when you read a new script, what are you looking for specifically? You know, how good the story is written. Obviously, you're not, you're not probably, I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I would think that you, you wouldn't be approaching it for like, how much screen time would I get if I had this character, you know? When I read a script, I look for how much screen time would I get if I get the character. <laughs> Touche. Very, very insightful, David. Uh, I read it for the story. Mm -hmm. If the story grabs me, that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Then I read it to see, is there anything that I can do with this? Mm -hmm. Do I see anything in the part that that I 
that I can do, mm -hmm. that I can add? Mm -hmm. Or is it better off going to Michael Shanks? Mm -hmm. Or Chris Judge? Mm -hmm. Or Amanda Tapping? Or, or whoever? You, you know, and, and I don't know, you, you, you look for a good story and then you, if, if it, if it excites you, if it attracts you, if it amuses you, mm -hmm. you think, ah, I want to be a part of that. Right. I remember seeing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind about a year ago and recently reading, actually this morning or last night, in an interview that you thought it was one of the most incredible films. And you said, but some people out there just don't get it. I was one of those that just didn't get it. I know what they were trying to do with it. I love it. But, but I didn't yeah. get the script. Yeah. I read the script. Yeah. I auditioned for the movie. Yeah. For, for a part in the movie. And I read it and I went, what are they doing? Yeah. I, you know, I didn't, I, I, I just read this script and it was so far beyond me mm -hmm. at the stage that I read it. Maybe I was having a bad, bad week or something, but I, I looked at it. I knew the people involved and they do some really interesting things, but I, I don't quite get how this is going to be filmed. And then when I saw it, I, I just, I Oh, after the movie was done. Yeah. When I yeah. saw it, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. But yeah. it's not for everybody. No, it's not. No. Nor is every part for every actor. But then, you know, neither are the 007s for everybody. Mm -hmm. And neither is Lost. And neither is The Office. Mm -hmm. You know, I have people who love The Office and other people who hate it go, I don't get it. You know, we're not, we're not all cut from the same cookie cutter shape. And we're not, we don't all wear the same fabric. We don't see the world in the same way. And it, you know, if something was ever universally accepted in this world, it would be a massive miracle. Mm -hmm. I don't really as a, as a society, we, we can't even agree on a, on a definition of marriage. Mm -hmm. We can't agree on, on some of the most basic things. Should the speed limit be 55 or 65 or 75 or no speed limit? Every day we get in our cars and we question the speed limit. Someone else agreed to that speed limit. They thought it was a good idea. But David didn't. That's why he broke it. <laughs> you know? I think 65 is okay for the LA freeways, but you may not agree. And, 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 and not only will you not intellectually agree, you will emotionally mm -hmm. disagree. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, try getting someone to agree on going to a restaurant. Which restaurant do you want to go to? No, no, no. I don't like Chinese. I love Chinese. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's our tastes and everything else. And, and, you know, with television, with film, with books, mm -hmm. art anything in our lives right down to the underwear we wear we're going to have disagreements about what is good and what is bad what is quality and what is not quality what is entertaining what's not entertaining what's funny what's not funny uh, George Carlin who recently died is a comic genius in my opinion and many people just find him offensive mm -hmm. so you know, quite frankly you know, if you're looking for universal agreement I haven't seen it but at the end of the day, for you, Stargate was good entertainment. It was good entertainment, and I had a good time working on it. It was, it was, a, it was a nice bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, I had some great days at work. So Stargate Donut Day. Stargate Donut Day, when finally the fast is broken after nine months. <laughs> Chris I Judge, can eat bad. Chris Judge is laid out with insulin shock. <laughs> overwhelmed by a Krispy Kreme donut, or two, or three, or four. <laughs> exactly. No, I know, man. <laughs> Not everybody can handle the Krispy Kreme donut, man. A big glass of milk. Laid They're intense. Out. He did. He about passed out and laid down on the floor. Oh. He did. Well, you guys deserved it. I mean, you know, that's... 
that's it's not easy getting up early in the morning and saying goodbye to your family and getting <laughs> home late at night and kissing their heads while they're asleep and you know before you turn around they're grown up and gone yeah but you know that's that's the that's the work that's part of the compromise mm-hmm. that's part of it's part of it and you, what are you going to do trade mm-hmm. I'm not trading with anybody mm-hmm. even for like a stay at home job you wouldn't go for that just to spend a little bit more time I guess it would depend on the stay-at-home job. It would yeah. depend on the job that I was going to do. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there will always be other factors involved. I mean, what's going on at home? And But, you know, sometimes you just have to go to work. Yeah. Sometimes you have just, to get out. And sometimes you... Well, no, you have to make a living. Oh, okay, you yeah. You have to pay the rent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at a certain point, you got to go, oh, the landlord's knocking on the door. The kids yeah. have grown out of the last pair of shoes. You know, you, you, you have to go. And there's no way to avoid it. Mm-hmm. And that's... That is what it is. Right. Yeah, I and I love that the character is just a job to you, and, and, and that it you go in and. It doesn't mean you don't love the job. Right. It doesn't mean you don't obsess about the job. It right. Doesn't mean you don't obsess about getting it right. It doesn't mean right. that I don't walk into work some days and go, I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm panicking. Right. Because it's going on film and I and I know I don't have it mm-hmm. right. Not a day on Stargate, somewhere in the first five or six episodes where I literally was lost, had no idea what I was doing. I said, Claude, I'm freaking out here. She said, really? Yeah. And Claudia knows me really well. Mm -hmm. She she can tell. Maybe I freak out all the time. But it was was one of those days where I just went, I am drowning here. It was probably a day where I didn't have anything to do. Oh, really? Yeah, you know. Just idle hands or, you know, it wasn't wasn't too much dialogue or anything like that? Idle hands and all that other stuff. But it was one of those days where, you know, you can fixate on one line and go, I just don't know how to do this. And you can watch other people go, they do it so easy. Why am I struggling with this? It doesn't mean that you that, that every day is easy. Mm-hmm. But once you've done it, you have to accept the fact that you've done it, and mm-hmm. now you have to, you know, hope that it worked or hope that somebody mm-hmm. saved your, your bacon. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's more a philosophy of it's done and move on. It's done. It doesn't mean you always move on. Look, there's there's lines that I've said that I would take back, mm-hmm. and I would, you know, oh, I can make that work now. Mm-hmm. Brad Wright had a moment where he went, "Did you hate that line?" And I, I know I just did it. I didn't really know what to do with it, so I just did it. Because it looked to me like you hated the line. Said, well, if I hate the line, I'll, I'll try to tell you. I just had one of those days where I... Uh-huh. And it was a, like a two, three-word line. And I delivered it. It just didn't and, sound and, right oh, to he him? he hated it. Wow. He hated it. He hated the delivery. He thought I he thought I hated it. It was my delivery he hated, and it was probably justified because uh, I either went off in the wrong direction or just didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And those days where, you know, you just don't have it. And there's mm-hmm. days where you think you have it, and you look at it later and you go, oh, Lord, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm always worried the, the notion of being confident with something acting-wise, or even writing-wise, is a bit of a worry. You know, but that's... <laughs> it's life. Isn't it? Isn't it life where you, you wake up and you question what you do? Mm-hmm. But still, as far as I can tell, life is good. As long as you're doing the best that you can and trying as hard as you can. Well, I, yeah. As long as you are, I think, morally, ethically, trying to be true to yourself. Try not to lie to yourself too much. Mm-hmm. And, and try not to lie to the people who care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, at the end of the day, you want to, what I think is that, you want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. And you want to do well with what you did. 
And hopefully you're not lying to yourself too much. Yeah. But, you know, then again, a few lies sometimes get you through the day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could step in front of the camera without a few good lies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> God, my hair looks good. <laughs> Jeez. And you look at it afterwards and go, boy, I was lying to myself. But it got you through it. Yeah, but it got you through the day, you know. Just pull out your high school yearbook look at what you were wearing. You thought you looked good. You were lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I wore that shirt. You know, mm-hmm. your taste changed. <laughs> yeah, a little self-affirmation. If you want to feel good about yourself, look at your high school yearbook. And here's the thing. When you looked at your high school yearbook and you look at it, you go... At the time, you thought you either had too much acne or you were too fat or too skinny and then you were unhappy with who you mm-hmm. are and, what you're, and you look at yourself look at that beautiful young person mm-hmm. and you look at him and, and that, that beautiful young person was racked with, with doubts didn't mm-hmm. even realize how stunning and, and amazing they were and you look at him and, and you think well as you look back on your life you, you sort of hope that you spend less time racking yourself with doubts and engage with the world Philosophy 101. I'll be teaching at the UCLA Extension this year. Screenwriting and philosophy. 